0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of Build Value by Choice. I'm your host, Nana Bonsu, President and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. I'm also the host of this weekly show. Every week we bring on an expert to talk about topics that are of concern to especially small business owners. This week, we know that labor and getting talent and employees and scaling up and and trying to grow your business with the right kind of employees has been top of mind worry for a lot of business owners and so today we have on a special guest to help us discuss um, this topic because she's an expert on all things related to employees and her name is Danielle movie and I'm going to take a second to read off um, her impressive bio just a short kind of, clip of it because I can I can like go all day if I try to. Uh, Danielle is a former flight attendant tent- entrepreneur who has cracked the code and recruiting and retaining what she refers to as five-star employees. That is game-changing, dedicated, hard-charging employees who make big plays and make consistent results. In addition to running her companies and assisting other entrepreneurs, she is the chief curator of the all-in company community, which strategically advises other entrepreneurs on attracting and hiring five-star employees. That's not all. Danielle is also the author of the book, The Rapid Read Guide, the five-star employee rating system and is currently co-collaborating with Wall Street best-selling author Michael Makalowitz on a new book to be released in the fall of 2023, which is also tentatively titled All In, How to Get Your Employees to Act Like Owners. She also hosts the popular show Profit First Nation, the official podcast for Profit First. Welcome to the show, Danielle.
1: Thank you, Nana. So awesome to be with you today.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I mean, the the... One of the key pillars of scaling or growing any company is people. you got to have the right people on the bus. And so today's topic, we just want to talk about how businesses can hire new team members without losing their company culture. So I have a couple of questions that I want to kind of start off with. But first, I want to just get into what inspired you to write the book, The Rapid Read Guide to the Five-Star Employee System.
1: So the rapid read guide to the five-star employee rating system is a quick read. It is a rapid read. It is like um, you know a, a mini book and such. And I wanted to give entrepreneurs who are already so busy and seemingly overwhelmed with their businesses and such a quick start guide to getting serious about going all in on their recruitment and hiring process and creating and having a, a system and a process for assessing talent that gives consistent results. I found that most entrepreneurs are sort of winging it when it comes to recruiting and hiring. It's like, oh, I've got a position. Okay, I need to post something on Indeed. Let me look at three Indeed ads for a bookkeeper and I'll mesh them into one ad and I'll make it mine. And then, oh geez, I've got someone coming in in five minutes for an interview. Let me Google some questions on what to ask. And so they haven't really taken the time or gotten real clear and real specific On exactly what they need in an employee. And when you get clear on what you need in an employee and what you don't want, then you start with that clarity to be able to weed through the talent and make sure that you're hiring the five-star employee. A five-star employee represents the top 15% of available talent in the market for the same rate that you would pay a three-star employee. But the beauty of a five-star employee is that one five-star employee employee does the work of two or three, one, two or three star employees. So the secret is really to not settle for less than a five-star employee in your hiring process.
0: Great. What do you think are the key ingredients for creating a five-star work culture?
1: So creating a five-star work culture, it comes down to, I think that the secrets are number one, you've got to have a consistent process and system so that you really do have a team of five-star employees. Because what's interesting about culture is that if you have one bad apple or you have that employee who just isn't pulling their weight, et cetera, that's just that's demoralizing to your great employees and your five-star employees. And you know who's gonna leave you in those circumstances? The five-star employee is gonna leave. And so it's really important that you, that you we call it transition to alumni status. Those employees who are just one, two, or three-star employees, average ho-hum or worse, you need to transition them to alumni status and make room for another five-star employee in your organization. So, so that's the first thing is really kind of using a good process and system to make sure that you're consistently hiring um, and recruiting and retaining five-star employees. Um, The second secret would be to to be flexible about things Um, and and kind of like, um, you know, make things work to the best of their ability. There's a lot of great talent right now that um, doesn't want to work 40 hours a week. So if you have the ability to have positions where someone's working 20 hours a week, 14 hours a week, then maybe try to find two people at a part-time basis to do the work of one person. Because the other thing too about that is you can get really specific with someone's skills and talents, who's maybe only doing 20 hours of work a week, and then having another person do 20 hours of work a week, kind of focusing on another skill or talent they have, but that you need in your organization. What I find is a lot of entrepreneurs, especially with you know just a handful of employees, they tend to try to put too much into a job description or the expectations out of an individual. So for example, if, a, if an entrepreneur is hiring their first administrative assistant, they're wanting that person to do social media, to do bookkeeping and to do uh, client onboarding, for example. And it's like, those are three very... Specific, I mean, that's like trying to find a sparkly unicorn um, in 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 a field of uh, of tulips. It's it's just really impossible to kind of have that expectation. So I think being flexible in terms of your expectations, you still need to set high expectations, but you need to be reasonable and you need to realize that you know maybe the best solution is to go with you know, someone who could do it 20 hours a week, instead of trying to find someone 40 hours a week who wears all these different hats and is not a master at any of those things. Um, yeah. And then, and, and then, and then another, another secret is, um, to be a really good active listener, um, to listen to your employees, uh, and, and, pick up on different clues, on different hints, um, pick up on personal things in their life. What's really important is, you know, finding a way to integrate um, an individual's personal and, and their workplace identity. Um, and, and, and they're not just an employee. I mean, at home, they're a wife, a mother, a husband, a sister, a brother, et cetera, um, and so finding a way to, to build rapport with them on things outside of just the work at hand um, really shows appreciation to the employee and shows that you care. And that's really what people are thirsting for right now, especially coming out of COVID when we were so isolated for so long and, you know, this a lot of people do want to come back into the office, um, and and they want to be part of a community again. And so, you fostering community within your within your organization um, is is important. And you don't need to go overboard, but you you just need to be a, keenly aware of of listening to to what's going on um, in their in their lives and and in the organization.
0: Yeah, so I mean, really, it comes it comes down to. Have systems and processes. Be flexible. Be an active listener. Uh, try to um, have a, a workplace where the personal and the and the business can be the same. Where people don't feel like they have to be a different person at work than they are at home. And um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess um, uh, and then building a community. Um, yeah. So yeah.
1: And there's one more secret if I can share it. Sure. Um, And that is um, starting the day, we call it our vitamin C meeting um, and it's C like S-E-E. So we come together um, and, and some offices I have are in person and some are all virtual. So depending upon the organization, uh, you know, sometimes people are coming on to zoom or sometimes people are going into the, into the, into the, the daily huddle room. Um, but, but we have this vitamin C meeting where everyone sees each other in the morning and we see, you know, what, what, what are the three things I did yesterday? And what are the three things that I did today? But we start that meeting with a celebration and that celebration just really kind of is a reminder of like, why we're all here why we're all working together and, and, and having that opportunity to celebrate together about, you know, a a, a client success or a kudos or just something wonderful. And, and that really is kind of a great secret to getting everyone in the right state for the day, um, and, and, and getting excited about being there and contributing and working together as a team, um, with that just simple daily celebration during that vitamin C meeting. Um, because if someone comes in and, you know, they had a rough morning getting into the office, something kind of went not according to schedule at home, you know, having that moment to kind of get into that right state um, by celebrating with the team and then going forward, it it works wonders on on the culture of your organization. Uh, it's also a great opportunity for people to give shout outs to, um, you know, fellow team members. Um, in one of our organizations, the one where um, people are in office together, uh, we do shout outs. And at the end of the week, whoever gets the most shout outs during the vitamin C meetings um, gets to spin a, a wheel for a fabulous prize. So it, it's fun.
0: That's great. It's, it sounds to me like it's similar to like a you know, 15 minute agile kind of scrum meeting. Yeah. You know, okay. What what about the the concern or the maybe the view that someone else may have that hey uh, I can't afford to transition my three-star employees to alumni status because number one, there isn't, you know, we're in a tight labor market, although that may be changing. Um, and number two is is that you know that could cause a bit of consternation because First, you got to advertise uh, for a position that uh, you know, somebody's occupying even if they are underperforming. So how do you kind of make that kind of tricky balance work?
1: Yeah, so um, so there's there's a couple of things. Um, we've recommended to people in that situation. Um, that you maybe do like kind of a blind item post about the position. So you're not necessarily naming the organization or the company, um, but you are able to post for the position and start to get applicants. Um, And, and, you know, people who aren't doing well in the position, I, I kind of struggle with people say, oh, we'll give them six months. And it's like, you don't need to give someone six months to try to like figure it out and such. Um, if someone's not doing well in the position, they know that they're not doing well in the position. But, you know, we all are are, are comfort creatures. Uh, and so, you know, if we're if we're showing up to work, we're getting a paycheck, no one's yelling at us. It's not that bad. You know, we tend to stay like in our comfort zone instead of moving outside of our comfort zone And looking for a new job or new position, Um, but you know when you start to um, when when you do start to recruit, when people do see the writing on the wall, it actually is like the writing on the wall, literally to them that hey. I better start looking for something else so that I can make a transition. And then obviously they're doing it on their terms and it's a little bit more graceful than having to let someone go. But even if they, even if they resign on their own terms, you know, they still are, they still move to alumni status. You still want to celebrate all the individuals um, that have been part of your organization uh, because they've done some some sort of contributions. And it's not uncommon that as businesses grow and scale, they outgrow those initial employees, those first hires, because it requires a different skill set now that the organization is at a at a different level. And so it's it's not uncommon and it's business, but that person will be able to find something better. I mean, I've never heard of someone who was worse off when they lost a job or, um, uh, or, or, or they, they went and found another job, um, because it's really about finding job satisfaction. And I can guarantee you that person who's a one, two or three-star employee, they're, they're not happy in that position because if they were happy in the position, they would, they would be knocking it out of the park and they'd be a five-star employee in that role. You see?
0: Yeah. The short term, they may be, it may be, uh, it may sound like it may look like it's not good, but over the long term it's probably better for everybody. So if I may ask you, how did you come up with a five star employee rating system and why do you think it's important for uh, for businesses to implement it in the workplace?
1: So the five star employee rating system is an objective system, um, and it, it gives structure. I am a process junkie. Like, give me a proven process and system, and let me plug it in. And so, the five star employee rating system is based off of um, it, it, it. Kind of like peeling back the layers on on what has made us successful in recruiting, hiring, and retaining five-star employees. And, um, you know, early on, you you know, I did use top grading back in the day. So some of this, like, you know, spending a lot of time in an interview that comes from top grading. Um, But top grading hasn't really evolved in the 30 years since the book was originally published. And, you know, technology has changed. So much has changed in in the labor market and the recruitment market and such. And so, um, so, so just things that we did out of, out of function and out of necessity in our businesses, um, just kind of has made this like a proven process and system, uh, to the point where, uh, you know, other people have asked me how we do it. Um, When we, one of our businesses, we are a subcontractor to a prime contractor. um, And basically that prime contractor takes our employees after a year and promotes them on their side. Um, And, you know, it was just like, well, how do you do this? Like, why are your people so good and and such? And so, um, so then we just kind of like, well, here, here's, here's under the hood. Here's how we do it.
0: And so what are the examples of, uh, you know, other businesses that have implemented your system? uh, Can you share
1: Oh my goodness. Um, gosh, uh, we, we've worked with a variety of businesses. We worked with a a business in, um, in, in your neck of the woods in, in Maryland, um, a pizza shop, um, on implementing the five-star employee rating system. And, you know, the, the five-star employee rating system, I'll just quickly go through the five stars in it. The first star is core values alignment And the second star is the 11 qualities of a five-star employee. The third star are the aptitudes and skills that you need for that specific role. And the fourth star is uh, the success metrics. So defining the three to five key responsibilities for that role, and then having success metrics that are quantified. So there's a number or dollar sign associated with those key responsibilities, And um, and then making sure that the position is producing a three X return, um, on payroll is the fifth star. And so, um, so with the pizza, with the, with the pizza shop, for example, um, you know, they've got, uh, four positions, they've got cashier. Delivery driver, kitchen, and general manager, and um, the owner was wanting to have, you know, he's a process and systems junkie too, and um, and wanted to have a process and system that he could put in place so that he could step away um, from, you know, having to be the one recruiting and hiring. He was just sort of doing things ad hoc, kind of just based off of, you know, casual conversations with people and such. And now through going through this process, he's gotten really clear on what he wants and what he doesn't want. And now he really understands too how core value alignment is so important, but it's not just saying, oh, our core value is uh, is customer first. You know, he's really gone in and, and clarified what customer first means in his organization. And so, you know, he's using his core values and clarifying statements of those core values in is job posting. So that is attracting those five-star candidates. Um, and he's talking about what success means in that role in the job posting. Again, attracting the person who's like, yes, I'd love to gamify my job. I love to hit hit, hit the bar or exceed that bar. And it actually repels the people who just kind of want to collect a paycheck or you know, just get a, get a job.
0: What advice do you have for companies that may be looking to implement a Firestar system?
1: So the advice that I have is set aside one hour a day to get clear and to get specific for, you know, like two or three weeks, um, on, on exactly what you're looking for in candidates develop, um, customize interview packets so that when you have candidates, you can, you know, ask the candidate, the same questions you're evaluating them based off of the 11 qualities that you're looking for, or the specific aptitudes and skills, I also highly recommend having a shadow day in your process. So bringing that candidate in, we pay our candidates for the shadow day. They're shadowing for like five, four to six hours. Um, and they're really getting a sense of, of what the job is like, what the job entails, what our culture is like. They get to meet their hopefully future fellow colleagues. And, um, and, and that really is a win-win. You know, a lot of people right now um, are the part of the great resignation is people who took jobs where they felt like it was a bait and switch. You know, they were promised that the job was going to be X, Y, Z, but it's A, B, C. And they were told, oh, we have such a fantastic, amazing culture, but you know, they get in it and it's like, "Mm, they said it, but it's not really the culture. So, um, so shadow days are really important to, to make sure that is, that is a magic fit. In fact, we had someone come in for a shadow day and, um, in one, in the office where everyone works in office, um, that office is in an industrial area. So everyone brings their lunch because there's not really any place to go out to eat and they all eat together. And, um, this person was just like, this is how it is every day. Everyone eats together. And, you know, we were like, yeah. And she's, she was like, okay, I, I don't think this is for me. I've had other people come in on shadow day, you know, wanting to kind of make a transition into like, you know, a different position, a different kind of job and such. Um, and then they, they do it for like one or two days. And then they're like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to stay in, 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 Property management instead of moving over to construction material supply. And you know what? That is great. I avoided a mishire. I spent, you know, a few hours of, of, of time and dollars to pay them for that shadow day, but I didn't invest very much to know that it that it, at the end, it just wasn't it wasn't the magic fit. So you want to really vet the candidates. You want to spend a lot of time in the interview process. Really making sure that they're meeting the values, the love and qualities, the aptitudes and skills. You want to test them. You can test them during their shadow days and such. Um, but I think those are are, are the real keys to hiring success at, at this stage.
0: Do you think because in the five-star system, and maybe it was in the in the employee kind of thing, you mentioned like cultural fit and but you did mention responsibilities demand and but not necessarily skill set. So I was just curious. Um, on balance, do you think, cause a lot of times on job descriptions, as you mentioned, where people do you know, a lot, higher managers do it ad hoc, um, there's just all these like hard skill sets, right? You know, I, want, I want like some technical skills or mm-hmm. what have you, uh, and maybe not enough of the soft skills or some of the cultural fit. In your mind, uh, what is the relative emphasis um, that goes into hiring and the job description and the interviews and the shadowing process?
1: Yeah so um so it's not just saying it it's actually doing it and so you know if you have like our interview packets so, so we, we, we do two interviews. We do, um, we do an 11 qualities interview and we also do an aptitudes and skills interview. And sometimes part of that like happens in maybe the, um, the job shadow day as well. But when you spend a lot of time with a candidate, I I mean, a lot of people are, are interviewing people for like 20, 30 minutes and making a hiring decision. Um, I've had, I've had companies come to us and just be like, yeah, it just hires people. And I was like, well, can we talk to the hiring manager? Like they want us to help them. And they're like, no, they're too busy. And what well, can we talk to a supervisor? No, they're too busy. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. Like if I can't understand what your culture is, and then I, we want nothing to do with, with helping you recruit and hire people. So it's really going all in it's spending quality time with the candidate. Now what we do recommend is, is creating like a filter process. So we use an assessment tool called preview. Um, And so when someone applies for our, our positions, they automatically get sent the preview assessment. And, um, once they complete that assessment, it bumps them up against the benchmark for that particular role. So we have different benchmarks for different roles. And if that candidate scores 70% or higher, then we move them on to our next phase of our, of our process and, and such. So, so we're already weeding out the one, two, and three star candidates, the people who couldn't follow instructions, who just didn't think it was important, or the people who just, fell under the 70% um, benchmark that we're looking for, for the particular role. So, so we've created some efficiencies in our in-house processes and systems. And so then at that stage, when we start interviewing and, and moving them through our, our gauntlet, I mean, it's not easy, um, but we really go all in on, on them and, um, and really try to get to, to know them in a, in a, more meaningful way. Uh, and what's funny is, is, um, you know, one of our recent hires at the end of the interview, um, and she's young, uh, this is like one of her first real professional jobs out of college. And she had done lots of interviews and she was just, you know, we're like, do you have any questions? Do you have any comments about our process and such thus far? And she was pretty far, you know, through the process she had done two skills testing. She had done two interviews. She had done a brief shadow. Um, and then our next stage was like a longer shadow. And, um, you know, she was just like, you, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed by the questions. Cause it seems like you really want to get to know me and you really want to know if this is a good fit for your company. Um, and so it was just like, well, you have us there <laughs> um, because we do think you're a good fit for our company but but you know it, it's it's just it's spending that bit of time I mean if you make that investment of time on the front end and really are careful about not not settling for less than five star employees then I mean the return is is phenomenal
0: do you have any other advice for uh, for companies um, making sure they can maintain your culture while hiring new employees?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard. I mean, if, if you're, if you're, if you have toxic employees or you have one or two three-star employees who are kind of bringing morale down and such, it's hard um to you you kind of need to rip the band-aid off quickly. And you you need to like move through this process quickly and clean house um, efficiently so that you can assemble that team of five star employees because once you have that 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 solid team of five star employees, that's when your your genuine amazing culture can really thrive. Um, culture will struggle when you have um, one or two, Less than five star employees in the organization. Um, and, you know, kind of what actually got me on this was. Uh, you know, I started my first business when I was 25 and a few years into this, um, I just kind of been lucky in my hires and then I made a bad hire and that person made me so miserable. I remember waking up one Monday morning going, can I call in sick to my own company? Like I didn't want to go into the company that I owned because I didn't want to deal with this employee that I hired and I had been putting up with, and I had, been subjecting my team to it. And, you know, that was kind of like the breaking point for me that I needed to get serious. I needed to figure out how not to hire another one of these people again in my organization. And, and, and so that was kind of like how I, how I started down this, this path and such. And, you know, when I let that person go, it just, it cleared up so much in, in the culture of our organization. We were back to being happy. We were back to, you know, just knocking it out and being just a five-star team um, once we let that, that person go.
0: And what, what do you do? Uh, what advice do you have for like, you know, maybe you didn't have to deal with that, but for certain companies, let's just say that they're trying to kind of, you know, slowly but efficiently clean clean house and, and so that they can bring in the right people to institute the five-star culture. But there is an impact on, for instance, um, service to customers because they won't have enough bandwidth to service customers. How do owners and leaders, you know, um, handle that transition process? You know, while you know, making sure that these stakeholders are appropriately informed and work with them through the difficult process.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely, you know, make sure that your systems are are, are documented. But if you bring on a new hire, um, in that training process you can task that new hire with actually getting the documentation going on the business if it isn't already currently documented um and you know i would there's never going to be a right time you know n- no time is going to be perfect but if you kick the can down the road, you'll be six months, a year later in the same situation, unless you do something now. So I would say, do something now, get real serious, real specific on what you're looking for, start recruiting, start hiring, bring that person in. And, you know, that, that, that five-star employee will, you know, outshine and, and either that, less than five-star employee sees the writing on the wall with this new person in and finds another job, or you just have to let that person go. But if you if you do need that transition, that's the only way that's going to make it happen. I can't say that it's going to just magically one day all fall into place. You have to be intentional about it. You have to have a plan for it and you've got to like execute on that plan.
0: Last thing it's I mean, uh, thanks for uh, spending the time with us. Clearly this is You share some great information. Uh, And how do people get in contact with you if they want to get your copy of your book or can they get it if they want to follow your work?
1: Yeah. So just go to fivestaremployees.com. It's that simple. Fivestaremployees.com.
0: Is it the number five or the word five?
1: It is the number five.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you. And we're going to have that information in the show notes as well. So thanks, everyone. Until next week, make sure to go check out the podcast website, infhorizons.com for our podcast. We're going to have this over there as well.